Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Philippians, the fourth chapter. We're going into another level of on. We're going to start at the fourth verse. It says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Somebody, tell somebody tell them Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. I like this right here. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Man, I could preach right there. Don't worry, tell somebody, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Then it says, tell God what you need and thank him that it is already done. Tell somebody, just tell the master what you need. And then begin to thank him because it's already done. Then seven says this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. As you live in Christ Jesus. Eight says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. I love Paul. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true. And what is honorable. And what is right. And what is pure. And what is lovely. And what is admirable about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Somebody put your hands together for the word of God. Today's thought in the unseries, I'm just going to focus on one today. I gave you a little preview last week. Tell somebody, live unconscious. God wants us to live unconscious. I know you say, Pastor Tony, what in the world? The King James says, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, say, think on these things. Somebody say unconscious. Now, to talk about unconscious, I know that seems a little out of the box, but we have to define what consciousness is. And consciousness is this, the state of being aware of one's own feelings, thoughts, surroundings that cause great interest or concern. Somebody say unconscious. Normally, when we talk to somebody that's unconscious, we, we, we're going to check their pulse. We're going to check their breathing because usually what happens when somebody's unconscious, there is some system that has failed within their body, whether it, whether it was their, um, their, their blood pressure shot up. And so, and so the, the body acts like it has its own kind of circuit breaker that if, if the blood pressure gets too high, rather than having a stroke or having a heart attack, the body just shut down so it can normalize. Somebody say normalize. So the body will go into an unconscious state. Or maybe it's something that somebody has a fear of heights or, or something like that. And so fear has so gripped them that they, they, they can't even stay conscious anymore. They just go out. Or, or, or sometimes people are so sick, they go, they go into what they call a coma where well, really and most, most of the time when people say somebody in a coma, they say, look, they can hear you. They just can't respond. They're in a state of unconsciousness, meaning they have the inability to focus. They have the inability to respond. They have the inability to, to, to respond to the stimuli that this world gives. Somebody say unconscious. And so Paul is telling 
the Philippians in this thing. He said one last thing. He said, I'm admonishing you. See, early in this letter, there was some strife going on within the Philippian church. And 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 and, and Paul is telling him, said, look, don't, don't, don't quibble about the stuff that you disagree on. Let's find common ground and let's love each other. Why? Because the, because the Lord is coming back soon, and, we, and he's not going to be pleased if he comes back and we're not united. And so Paul is saying, I need y'all to connect. Somebody say connect. And then he says, he says, my dear brother, see one final thing before I go, before I finish this letter, I've given you instruction, but he said, but he said, this is one surefire way that you can keep the devil out of your affairs. He said, if you do this, he said, if you fix your thoughts on what is true, forget about the rumors. Forget about the, the, the lies of the enemy. Forget about what your enemies are saying. He said, if you fix your thoughts on what is true, if you fix your thought not on the, on the see, a lot of times we, 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 uh, we, it is in our sinful nature to always want to believe the worst in somebody. And he's saying right here, he said, he said if, you, if you fix your thought on what is true and what is honorable, don't always look for the worst. Mm-hmm, I knew, I knew it. I knew all along there was this. No, no, God said, fix your thoughts on the honorable thing. Somebody say honorable. He said, and then fix your thoughts on what is right. He said, whatever is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think on these things that are excellent and worthy. And so what Paul is saying is, you have a choice where you fix your thoughts. And so today's topic about being unconscious is about your thought life. Somebody say your thought life. Come on, somebody touch your head and say my thought life. See, as much as you want to think that, oh, Lord, I'm so helpless, everything, everything comes to me and the devil comes to me. And, and the word of God said that the devil is the prince and the power of the air. So he has the ability to bring anything to us. But when the devil brings it to us, tell somebody, you then have a choice. You remember, you remember back in the, in the Garden of Eden where he came to Eve and he said, hey, uh, do, do you think that, you know, that you're going to die? He was challenging what she knew, what God had told her. And he said, she said, well, you know, uh, uh, God said that, you know, we can eat of every tree and every herb in the garden except for this tree. He said, well, he said, you won't shoot, you won't die. What he was doing, he was challenging her thought life. And so the devil can bring anything to you, but tell somebody you have a choice. The same way Adam and Eve had a choice. He gave them an alternative way of thinking about what God had told him. Have you ever been there where the devil has given you, given you a, a, a plan B? Has anybody, anybody, it don't even have to be the devil. It can be, it can be uh, the person you talk to the most. They, they, they are not filled with faith. That's why it's important for us to be with people with like minds and like faith. Because people that are not believing like you believe, they are not walking like you walk. They are going to try to go through the flesh to solve a problem. But God said, if you acknowledge me in all, all your ways, and I'll do the directing of your path. And so the sinful nature in us tries to solve our life's issues without God. That's what the Tower of Babel was all about, y'all. They were going to try to build a tower to heaven without God. And what do I say? They would have done it, except God would have confused their language. That's how, that's how, how, how God-like we are, that they would have somehow succeeded. And men, men are trying to do it now exploring trying to get up get up to heaven but god is saying that you have to fix your thoughts here's the thing that camera right there is fixed on me i don't know if it's wide angled or, or, or it's zoomed in but it's fixed on me because brother teddy is on that camera and caleb is downstairs giving him direction on what to fix to fix that camera on me so if i move over here and he's going to move over here to keep me fixed. Somebody say fixed. But by virtue of the, of the camera being fixed on me, it's not fixed on my wife. So whenever you fix your thoughts on something, you have to make a choice to not think about the opposite. I hope I'm making sense today. And so when we think about our consciousness, the devil is always trying to throw other things into our consciousness that are contrary to the word of God. And so that's why Paul said, whatsoever things are lovely, 
whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are a good report, whatsoever things that are admirable, whatsoever things are right, I need you to think on those things. Because there are going to be plenty of options. Somebody say options. There are plenty of, there are plenty of options in the world for us to think other than the word of God. How many know that everything is going contrary to the word of God nowadays? The devil will come with options. Oh, and don't let it be close to Christmas. And I got to get something for my baby. <laughs> and people come by. People come in. People come in a, in a barbershop. Don't the DJ with all kind of options. Music, <laughs> music, DVDs, anything you want to. Cologne, everything. You don't know where the people got that stuff from. The devil will give you options. You're, 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 on a, you, you, you're having a bad strain. You're going, you're going through a dry patch like everybody does in their marriage. I've been married for 15, year, 15 years, and you go through a dry patch. I, I've sat across with that woman, and I said, she, can't, she get on my nerves. I can't stand her. I love her, but I don't like her today. And all of a sudden, the devil sets you up with something with some, with some big, old, big old eyelashes just flashing. Shape just right, smelling just right. The devil will send you an option. But Paul is telling God's people, he said, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are pure, true, honorable, admirable, I need you to fix your thoughts on that. That's how you're going to please God. That's how you're going to be a water-walking, faith-believing believer. You got to fix your thoughts. And by virtue of fixing my thoughts here, I'm going to be unconscious to the things that are contrary to the word of God. Somebody say unconscious. I'm just, I'm just going to talk about two things. I'm going to get out of your way. Philippians 2 and 5 says this, y'all. It says, let this mind. Somebody say let. let. Let's substitute the word and say allow. Tell somebody allow. This mind to be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. To let. You have to allow this mind to be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, that sounds all nice and religious. That sounds all nice and flowery. But can we, can we talk about a little bit what Jesus' mind, what kind of mind that Jesus possessed? Jesus had a mind, Jesus' mind was, was totally aware of who he was. If you, re, if you read Matthew, Mark, and John, if, if, you, if, you read, if you read those synoptic gospels, Jesus was borderline arrogant. I'll be honest with you, he was borderline arrogant because he knew who he was. He had a mind that was fixed on, this is who I am. I am the son of God. He even went to the synagogue when he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and he read Isaiah. He said, you know, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has, he, 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 he has, he has bound up, he, he has called me to bound up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are captive. Then he closed the book. He's, then he sat down. He said, this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. The man was aware of who he was. He had full awareness that I am the embodiment of God the Father. And so everything he did, said, and responded, he responded through the filter of the knowledge of who he was. Now, we have to realize that since we have accepted him, and if we have accepted the infilling of his Holy Spirit, then now are we the sons of God. If he was the first begotten of many, he went and died so that we could have access and tell somebody, now are we. Now are we the sons of God, meaning that if we are Christ-like people, if we are Christians, if we are imitators of Jesus Christ, then we should have full awareness of who we are. So our thought life, the way we speak, the way we respond, our decisions we make are to come through the
the filter of our awareness and the knowledge of who we are. But you guess, but you know what, y'all? We are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. What are you saying, preacher? We are destroyed because of lack of knowledge of who we are in Jesus. And when we don't have full knowledge, people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge of who you are in Jesus Christ. And when you, do, when you don't know who you are, you also don't know who you are not. That means you'll take anything into your spirit. That means you'll receive a word from anybody. That means you'll let anybody speak in your ear. you let anybody put some leaven in your bread. All because you say, no, you can talk that, but I'm casting that down. That don't belong to me. That don't fit my destiny. That don't fit where I'm going. I thank you for the word, prophet buzzer, but that ain't the word for me. You got to know who you are. See, my name is Anthony Gerard Jones Sr., so I don't answer to any, anything else. And somebody looking at me and calling me uh, 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 Benny or whatever like that, I'm like, who are you talking to? I don't answer to that because that's not my identity. How many times are we answering to things that's not us? The devil is accusing you that, you, that you're inadequate, you're poor, you're never going to be nothing. And we listen to the devil's lies. And then we start rehearsing. We start, you know, meditating. Oh, you know, med- meditation comes, 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 started back. You know, you ever seen the, those, uh, those uh, traditional uh, Messianic Jews when they, they're at the wailing wall? And they got the and, and, they're, and they're praying and they're not. You know what they're doing? They are meditating and they are they are reciting the words that have been spoken in their ear ever since they were children. And that's what we do. We let the devil speak a falsehood, something that is contrary to the word of God, and we start molding it over. Well, maybe I'm never gonna be nothing, and maybe you know my time is past, and maybe this, and maybe that. And God said, you are meditating on the wrong thing. The word of God said, meditate on my word day and night. But we've been focusing on the wrong words. Paul is saying, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are right, whatsoever things are admirable, whatsoever things are good report, I need you to focus on that thing and say, look, I may be exposed to the contrary words, but I turn off my consciousness to it. Somebody say unconscious. Not only was Jesus totally aware of who, of who he was, He was totally focused on his purpose. See, you can be focused on your purpose when you know who you are. And see, the the Pharisees, they they try to trick and they try to goad Jesus into all these things. Why don't you perform for us? What do you think about this, Jesus? What's the greatest laws of them all? And Jesus didn't even entertain people. Or if he did, he put them in their place and, and, and taught them a lesson in the middle of it. He didn't waste his time because he was totally aware of his purpose. See, I can see right here. This this microphone, this has a purpose to amplify. Uh, this is my wife's mic, and she don't need much amplification. Lots of voice here, <laughs> but this mic, the purpose of it is to amplify a voice. But if I never knew anything about, you know, if, you know, if I came off another planet from another country or somewhere and didn't know, I would say, okay, I could also use this to hammer a nail in. When you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. Abuse is abuse, abnormal use. And when you don't truly know the purpose of a thing, you will waste it and you will abuse it. If you don't, if you do not know the purpose of your life, why you're here, out of all the sperm that entered into your mother, you know it, you know it's a miracle and you won the lottery just by being here. You know, millions of sperm were, were racing trying to get to that egg, and you are the one who got out. Could have been somebody else. Could have been born to somebody else. Could have been born to different parents. Somebody said, well, I wish I was. But nevertheless, you were born the way you were born, who you're supposed to be born to, how you were born, you're the color you're supposed to be, you're the way, you're the side. Now, some of y'all, we need to watch our eating, but you're the side you're supposed to be. I'm bent boned like I'm supposed to be. Tell somebody I am like I'm 
supposed to be. That may not be the best English, but you understand what I'm saying. The word of God said, you are fearfully, wonderfully. He took painstaking time shaping you and your nature and your ways and your proclivities and, and what you, and your interests and what you like and what you dislike. Tell somebody, I'm an original. You are, you are a masterpiece original. But if you never find out what your purpose is, you will spend your life abusing your purpose. God may have called you to help people one-on-one, -on -one, to mentor people. And you so busy, Lord, if I could just get on that stage and preach. Y'all don't understand, this is a hard job up here. You don't, don't rush up here. I want to do something where, I want to do something where the light, where people, you know, I, I see, I see a stadium full of, full of men. Do you, you don't understand the ridicule, the, the, the hot spotlight that's on this spot. Some of y'all got me under the microscope right there. But it go with the territory. That's why you got to be called. But guess what? God's called you somewhere. Even when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the donkey served a purpose. Don't, 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 get, don't get to where you're coveting the high falutin, the high exposure stuff, the stuff where people are clapping, the people where, oh, you sure did sing and you sure did do that. Let me tell you this. If it wasn't for the people that are praying for good old pastor, pastor couldn't make it through the week to do what I stand up here to do. See, it's the things that nobody will ever see. It was a thing that you would never get a gold star for. It's a thing that you would never get stood up and get a pat on your back for that are really building the bridge for people of God to walk over. But you can't get busy looking in other people's grass. Oh, I sure wish I could do that. I sure wish I could. And it's okay. The word of God said it's okay to, to desire gifts. You should desire gifts. You should desire to grow up in the spirit and, and, and want to be used by God. But don't let your desire for the gift outweigh your, de your desire to please the giver. Tell somebody, fix Tell somebody be focused on your purpose. And if you don't know your purpose, your job is to find your purpose. Don't just be jack of all trades. I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. And I do, no, 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 no. There is a sweet spot that only you feel. And God is speaking all the time, but are you tuned to God's frequency? Just like the radio. If I want to listen to, want to listen to 1340 or 103.5, I think it's on FM. I can say I want to listen to Nita Dean all day. But unless I tune to one of them two channels, I'm not going to hear her. That doesn't mean she's not broadcasting. It means that I'm not tuned to the right frequency. And so many times God is speaking. He is trying to deliver us our next step, our next, our next station that we need to go to. But we are so busy running, thinking on things that are not pure, that are not lovely, that are not a good report. That God said, hey, I'm over here speaking. I'm over here speaking. But you are so busy running after things that are not profitable, you can't hear me. So Paul said, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are admirable, whatever things are pure, I need you to fix. Somebody say fix. I need you to fix your mind on those things. Because that's what God is. He's in, the, he's in the things that are lovely. He's in the things that are pure. He's in the things of good report. He's in the things that are excellent. He said, if you just fix your attention, if you fix your consciousness towards those things, I'm speaking, I'm giving revelation, I'm giving the secrets, I'm telling you everything that you need to live a successful life, but you got to be unconscious to the things that are contrary to what I'm saying. Somebody say unconscious. Is this helping anybody in the building? The last thing that Jesus was, 
Jesus was totally, the first thing, he was totally aware of who he was. He was totally focused on his purpose. And then lastly, he was totally dependent on God the Father. Somebody say he's totally dependent. Now you would think, now he's, he's God, he's God in flesh. But do you realize that every time that Jesus was either about to do something monumental or he had did something monumental, the first thing Jesus did, he withdrew to pray. Because he knew that God, I either need a, I need, I need a, even though I am God in the flesh, I still need you. Can you imagine God in the flesh still needed God? He said, I am totally reliant on God the Father. I am totally reliant on God the Father for either what I'm about to do or I am so depleted from what I just did for the, for the Lord that I need you to refuel me. Somebody say, God, refuel me. See, that's the problem. Some of us have been operating on empty tanks. We've been going on, uh, on, on, on religious rhythms. We know what to do, when to do it. We know how to respond. We know how to lift our hand just right. We know how to say all the Christian colloquialisms. We know how to do all that stuff. But tell somebody, you're running on empty. And if Jesus had to pull aside, he was God in the flesh. And if he needed refueling by God, who are you? Now, I'm not talking about give up your post and volunteerism. I'm talking about during the week. What are some times? What are some things you can stop doing to make room for what God is doing? Tell somebody, don't forget the Lord. He was totally dependent on God the Father. 2 Corinthians 10 says this. For we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare... They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And here's the part we want to focus on. Casting down imaginations and every high thing, somebody say high thing, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into a captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me tell you something. The devil will bring anything to you. Some of y'all probably, while I was up here, thought about the devil brought something crazy to your mind. But tell somebody, you have a choice. At that moment when the devil brings a thought, you have a choice to either entertain it, to feed and to nurture that thought, or to rip it and cast it out. God gave you domain over your own mind and your own soul. He said, work out your own soul. Usually people want to say that when they say mind your own business. But God said, no, you have the responsibility of working out your own soul salvation. What is the soul? The mind, the will, and the emotions. So you're not as helpless as people, oh, I can't help it. They did that to me and I just lost it. No, you didn't lose it. You gave your mind, your will, and your emotions over to that thought that the devil sold in your mind. And he's saying right here, he's saying right here, he said, he said, he said, in Corinth, he's telling the Corinthians, he said, cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself. How many know it's in the devil's nature to exalt itself against God? That's how he got kicked out of heaven. He, he, he said, he said, the, the, the doomed eyes, I will be like the most high. I will be exalted above the heaven. I, you know, I, I'm going to be above God. As soon as he got rid of saying the last eye, God threw him out of heaven like a boat of light. Try to be higher than God. And so if, if that's his nature, everything he's going to bring to you is going to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Y'all, this ain't nothing deep. This is simple. But I'm telling you, if you get this, because see, the, the word of God said it is with the mind that we serve God. See, your soul is saved. But your mind, and we're going to talk, we're going to show you a demonstration in a second. Your mind is what serves God. And so if I were the devil, I would, I would try to pollute and pervert your mind. 
Because you may be on, on your way to heaven, but you'll never serve the Lord with fullness if he's got your mind. He said, cast down the imagination of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then here's, 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 your, here's the other part you got to do. You got to bring it to captivity. That means put it on lockdown. Mean put. I mean wrap it up like, like you know like like the cowboys do do the little the, the steer. Put a, put a lasso around it, tied up and hold tight. Bring it into captivity. Tell somebody to bring it into captivity. Every thought and bring it to the obedience of Christ. How obedient was Jesus? Jesus warned, Jesus warned with what his purpose was. He was in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, God, if it's anyway, he said, I've known ever since I was born, my purpose on this earth was to be a sacrifice, but I am all flesh and I'm all God at the same time. And the flesh part of me know that this is going to be agonizing. It knows that this is going to hurt me. It knows that my creation, who I love, is going to spit in my face, going to pluck my beard. And he said, and he said, Lord, is there any way this cup can pass for me? Is there any way out of this deal? And God went radio silent on him. God didn't respond back. You ever pray, God, God, please take this away from me. God didn't respond back. Sometimes a non-response is an answer. Then Jesus came to realization. He said, all right, got my will. I acknowledge, I don't want to do this. You know, I know you said to be the chill forgiver. God, I'm not chill for right now. Have you ever felt like that? I know this is the right thing to do, but for the record, God, I don't like this. I talk to God like that. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will is what has to be done. And that's what Paul is saying to the Corinthians. He's saying you need to bring every thought that is against God's word, you need to make it captive and you need to bring it to the obedience of Christ. First of all, we can't cast nothing down if we don't know our word to know it's against God's word. Come on, y'all. You can't wait. You can't wait till you hear me preach to get your dose of the word. Because guess what the devil gonna do? I'm like, hmm, let me flip through my book here. They haven't been listening about this, this, and this. I think I bring this to them because they ignorant and they don't know anything about it because they've been waiting on the preacher. So that means it's incumbent upon us to know the word, to know what's not the word. Y'all, I, I ain't I ain't talking nothing deep today. We're talking about the basics. If you don't, if you, you know, everybody know their social security number, right? So I, I met somebody that was one number off from me. And it almost tricked me. It was one number off, but it, the cadence of it, you know, mine is da 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 You know, you find ways to remember it. But it's, it can be similar and the devil can bring something that looks so much like the truth. But you look, and you look at the section right here, and it's a little twist to it. And anything twisted is wicked. You know what they have? Wicker furniture down in, in, in South Carolina. Wicker means that it is twisted. That's where witchcraft comes. They practice wicker. They practice, they practice twisted ideology of the spirit realm. And it can be this much truth, but this much falsehood. The word of God said that a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. And so we're not, look, we're not looking at, well, uh, the, the, the chances of, uh, uh, the, 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 I'm looking at the, the odds that it may be God because it's, it's 90% right. No, that 10% could be the death of you. That 10% could be the death of you. It could be the closing the door of opportunity for your destiny. 
God said, you have to be uncompromising with what I told you to do. And you have to cast down every thought and bring it to the obedience of Christ. Point, point is, we cannot let contrary thoughts stay. Tell somebody, kick them out. You know when something's contrary to the word of God. You know when something's like, mm, tastes sweet on the front end, but it's a little bitter on the back end. Mm, it seems right. There's a way to seem it right to a man. But at the end of it, it's destruction. And you know it. You know it. You, you, you waiting for that feeling to go away. But no, God, God will speak in a still, small voice. Something won't settle right with your spirit. It ain't a fire engine alarm. It's a little like this ain't right. This ain't right. Anybody ever been there? And, you can, and at that point, the clock is ticking. You have a choice to either obey it. Or follow what the devil is offering, and then don't don't try to follow what the devil offering and hope and hope God pray and hope God come fix it. You know there is a point where we can frustrate God's grace. That's Bible. Where we can frustrate the grace of God. We're asking Him to cover these mistakes that we've been making. And the way we can frustrate grace, say God, it, God is saying, if you simply take time and acknowledge me in all your ways, I'll direct your path. My word is a light and a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. If you if you run everything by me, you can avoid all this stuff. Amen. Amen. Proverbs twenty three and seven says this. I'm gonna, no, here's the last note I want to leave you with you. Anything that you dwell on will eventually dwell in you. Say it again. Anything that you dwell on, you know how Paul said, fix your thoughts on whatsoever things are lovely, pure, good, good report. When you fix, you dwell on it. And it dwell means to live somewhere, right? We live in some of these, some of these cesspools of thoughts about people, about places, about things, about old relationships. We live in things that happened in our past and the devil is playing it like a full HD movie in front of us and we're fantasizing about it or we're, or we're getting angry about it and the devil replays it, he replays it and, and God said you can't dwell there. If you dwell on it, it will eventually dwell in you. There's a small window that you, get, you either got to cast it out or if you keep dwelling on it, it's going to seep down in you. Anything you dwell on will eventually dwell in you. So it will behoove us to dwell on God's goodness, to dwell on his favor, to dwell that we, we are the apple of his eye. Isn't those good things to dwell on? So if I dwell on the fact that I'm, that I'm God's favorite, that I'm God, that I'm accepted in the beloved, don't you know, realize that that's eventually going to seep down into my spirit and I'm going to start living out that existence the more I think on it? Hallelujah. But Proverbs 23 and 7 says this. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm just going to start with the, with the, with the a, a part right here. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I've got a little demonstration. Tiffany, can you come up here? Box, can you come up here? Brother Jonathan, can you come up here? Anybody get anything out of this today? Mr. Jonathan, I want you to be think. Just hold that out in front of you. Everybody say think. Y'all stand back here because I need some, I need some space. <laughs> You're gonna be hard. Hold it out in front and be proud of what y'all, okay? You're gonna be I am. Somebody say I am. I'm going to move this out the way because I don't need this no more. I'm about to be finished. Amen. The word of God says, as a man thinketh. Come over here, Boxy. This is my niece. I can call her that, y'all. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Well, stand in front of me. Somebody say, I am. I am. Right now, 
Your being is a result of your thinking in your heart. Where you are right now is a result as a man thinketh in his heart. And so I want y'all two to come out with me. See, the, 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 these two are, 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 are twins. They're like grace and mercy. They, they, they work together as a man thinketh in his heart. What is a man's heart? His mind, his will, and emotions. That's the soulless part of you. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right now, wherever you are, you are a result of the way you think about yourself in your heart. And the devil knows that. So if, if he knows that you're, that, you're, that you're a triune, that you're a mind, body, and soul, he said, if I can get into your thinking, if I can poison the way that you think about yourself, if I can poison the way you think about the brothers and sisters in the house of God, if I can poison the way that you think about what you can accomplish and what you can do. And so what I'll do, I, I, I'll, try to, I'll try to sow a seed in you early on. That mama never paid attention to you. Daddy called you stupid. And all those things to where you have accomplished yourself, to where you will never think you are able to do. And eventually that thought in the mind seeps down into the heart. Sister Sean, I want you to come here. I want you to hold it, but don't, don't show them yet. Romans 12 and 2 says this. And be not conformed to this world. Tell somebody, don't fit in. Well, be transformed by the renewing of your thinking so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. God said, you may not have been born that way, but you can renew your thinking. Tell somebody, it's not too late. It's not too late. You can renew your thinking. He said, you can't, he said, when, when you follow the pattern of what the devil has sown in your mind, when you follow that pattern, you are going to, you are, you are living a life of conformity to this world system. To think that just because you're a woman, you can't do this. Or because you're a minority, you can't do that. Or because of, or because of your, your background, you're never qualified to do that. But God said, it's time to renew your thinking. And, and, and then as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Tell somebody, you can change your reality. Many of us are living a reality that, that is a direct correlation to how we think. And our thinking has seeped into our heart. And then, our, and then we are living out what our heart thinks about us. And so there was, a, there, was, there was a twisted filter that everything that comes in and goes out, we don't see it as an opportunity that God has sent to us. We're looking at it like, why is she doing this? Why is she doing that? And we got a twisted view, a twisted, a wicked view of what God is doing in our lives. Proverbs 4 and, 4 and 23 says this. Keep your heart with all diligence. Come on up here, baby. For out of it flows the issues of life. That's the King James version. He said, but, but New Life Transition says, says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Tell somebody, you got to guard your heart. Now that, now, that don't mean uh, looking out under a, a rock for the devil all the time who going to hit me. Is that, no, no, God, you, you, how do you guard your heart? I guard my heart by guarding my thinking. I stand guard over my thoughts. Now, I ain't going around paranoid. Like, I can't let nobody speak to me. I can't listen to anything unless it's Christian. No, that's being weird. But God said, no, when something comes to you and it's contrary, God is saying you have to guard. Say, no, that is against the word of God, so I cast it out. Because it's not yet gotten into my heart. And see, once that thing gets in the mix in your heart, then it starts attaching itself to the issues of life. They come out of you. And so God has said, you got to guard your heart with all diligence. Okay, thank you, baby. And then, last, then last, not lastly, fourthly. Now, here's, here's the other thing. You have to understand, stand up here, baby. If thinking, y'all stand on either side a little bit so they can see you. If thinking is in tandem with your heart, how many
many know that the heart is the most central and important thing to your body, that and the brain? If blood doesn't get there, it's about to die. That's what a stroke is. That's what heart attacks are. It's black arteries or a blocked artery, so there is no flow. And wherever the, wherever the heart cannot pump a flow to, it dies. And so the heart is a, is a very central connection. And, and look, 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 y'all. This is what it says right here in Luke 6 and 45. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringing forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringing forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Come on up here, Sister Sean. So this is a, yes, it's, it's, it starts with the mind, but this is about your heart. Because your heart is the junction station that everything flows in and out of. You know why? Because the devil knows if I can get it in your mind, it'll seep to your heart. And your heart and your mind are creating your present day, but what the devil is really after is your mouth. He's after your mouth. He had to get, he had to start in your mind so he can make his way through your heart so he could get to your mouth. Because he knows that you are God-like and you can have whatever you say. And he knows that life and death is in the power of, the, of your tongue. And so he don't really care too much about your I am. He don't really care about you. He don't really care about your future. Come on, Brittany. Come on up here for a second, baby. Here's what he's trying. Here's, here's what the devil is after. The devil... He started all the way at your mind to make his way to your heart so that he could get your voice so that he can affect what you will be. He cared about what you are at the present because what you are is not a threat to him. It is, come on up here, baby. It is what you will be. So the devil is attacking. He is attacking what you are. Tell somebody, I am. He is attacking your, your I am now in your mind so that he can get into your heart. And he knows if I get into your heart and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he knows that whatever you say you are going to create your future, the devil is after your will be. Tell them you can change your thinking. If you change your thinking, you will change the course of your life. If you change your thinking, you will change. Look, 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 look. God may not, God may not. You ever seen people who can walk on coal and fire? It's because it is mind over matter. People can punch a holes all in them. They don't bleed. It is mind. That's how strong the mind is. And God has said you have to learn to be unconscious against everything that is against what I have designed for your life. And you better cast down every imagination, every high thing, and everything that exalted itself against the word of God. And then you have to guard your heart with all diligence. I ain't got to guard my heart so much. I got to guard my mind. And when I got to say, no, 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 no. This don't fit God's plan. This don't fit God's plan for my life. Tell somebody, I'm guarding my mind. I can't let it get to my mouth. I can't let it get to my mouth. Anything that comes out of my mouth, the word of God says, it says right here, it says right here, Proverbs 18 and, 20 and 21, he said, death and life are in the power of the tongue, Then they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. God said, it's time for you to start eating sweet fruit. Savory fruit, like a good old piece, it's just juicy, just run all down your chin. said if you want to change your life if you want to change your outcomes if you want if you want to have victory after victory i ain't saying you're not gonna go, go through nothing but god said you got to change what is coming to your to your central processing in your computer your mind controls everything about you and god said if you fix it in your 
your life. Everybody touching somebody. Would you pray for that neighbor beside you? The way they process things, the way they see things in their life. God, fix their mind. It's, it's a hard thing, God. The devil's after the heart. Because he knows that is a launching pad for them speaking. But fix the way they think about themselves. Fix the way they think about themselves. Fix their thinking, God. Fix their thinking, God. Fix the thinking, God. for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.